You say the game is getting old Monday morning and your coffee's cold Life is not what you want Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and we have an outstanding show for you today. I know, I say it every week, but here is the truth. Because you cannot spend any time in any business or any anywhere in life before you're going to come across conflict. And if you think that you could just run away from conflict and somehow conflict is going to just kind of melt away, you would be wrong because that's not going to happen. Because if we have unresolved conflict, and look, I'm a psychological professional, and I could tell you that with unresolved conflict comes a number of problems and issues. And it doesn't matter if it's in your life, but especially in your business, unresolved conflict, as my expert author, Yvette Durazo, is going to tell you, that what's going to happen is you are actually reducing your productivity in your business. Resentment is real, folks. And when when you have unresolved conflict, that leads to resentment and those are issues. But thankfully today, Yvette Durazo is with us and she's going to help us break through all that and how we can become better. Conflict managers, conflict leaders, conflict employees, and in handling conflict. And it is such a great book, this book, uh, Conflict Intelligent Quotient, uh, Conflict IQ, The Missing Piece to Turbocharge Conscious Leaders and Organizations Emotional Intelligence. It's going to be awesome. But before we get to Yvette, let's do what we do every week, right? I walk you through the four areas of your life. Look, we are four-part people, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people. And the truth is, if we're not working on ourselves every day, we're not growing, and we're not when we're not growing, we're dying. So here's what here's what I have you do out there. All right, whether you're watching us on DBTV, thank you for watching us, uh, watching us stream, listening to us on the radio, or or listening to us by podcast, thank you everyone for doing that. But here's how it works. So scale of one to ten in each one of these areas, one being ugh, couldn't be any worse, ten being it can't get any better, right? So let's take, for instance, uh, the physical area. How would you rank yourself in terms of eating right, getting enough exercise, getting enough sleep, right, drinking enough water, right, staying hydrated? Five being average, what do you think your number is? Now, listen, here's the deal. If, if that number, let's say, is a two for you, I don't want you to panic. You're not awful. It's just that's a starting point for us, all right, where you can get better from. So if I'm a two, then, you know, what can I do to get to 2.5? If you're a seven right? You're closer to 10. So it makes things a little harder, the changes that you got to make. You got to make little tweaks. So how do you get to a 7.25? All right. So that's your first number. That's the physical number. Second, second number is your mental intellectual number, right? What are you doing to grow your mind and your knowledge and your wisdom and your understanding of what you do and how you live your life? Right? If you think you could just sit on the couch and let things come at you and somehow you're growing that way, that's not going to happen. You have to be an active participant in your growth. Okay, so on a scale of one to 10, how do you think you're doing being an active participant in growing in your knowledge and understanding and wisdom in the intellectual area? Okay, that's your second number. Third number is the emotional number. And, you know, listen, Yvette's going to talk about how emotional intelligence plays a significant role in conflict IQ. But the truth of the matter is I break it down really simply. One, how well are you able to control your emotions under stress and pressure? which I think Yvette would probably say that's a pretty important thing to do when it comes to conflict IQ. And then secondly, how well are you able to tap into and understand the emotions of others? 
And I think Yvette would say that's a pretty important part of emotional intelligence due to conflict. So on a scale of one to 10, how would you say you're doing in those two areas? Okay, good. That's three numbers, right? The fourth number is the spiritual number. And we're going to talk to Yvette, because, Yvette about this because she opens up talking about that conflict IQ is a spiritual thing. And I believe she's absolutely right. But the truth is, we are spiritual beings. It's, it's undeniable. You remove the physical, mental, and emotional. What are you left with? You're left with the spiritual. We, we do exist. We do move beyond our emotions. Right? We all live by faith. You push the button on your car and you believed it was going to start up. You sip the cup of coffee believing it wasn't poisonous. <laughs> you stepped off the curve believing you wouldn't fall. We just live by faith every day. And then what brings you back to a place of centeredness and peace in the midst of your chaos? Is it God? Is it nature? Is it meditation? Is it something else? And then how is it working for you? So what, what number would you give yourself then? So those four numbers are like the air in the tires of your car. And, and if, if one of the tires is low, the car's going to not work right. But if all four tires are too low, you're going to ruin the car over the course of time. The same is true for us. But speaking of someone, she's got all her tires inflated to the right level. Her name is Yvette DeRazzo. She's the founder of Unitive Consulting organizational effectiveness, strategic conflict management, and mediation firm, which specializes in partnering with professionals and their organizations to develop the skills and attitudes needed for leadership, human capital engagement, and business improvement. Ms. Durazo has two decades of experience as liaison for businesses and nonprofits on both sides of the U.S. and Mexico border. She shares her techniques and strategies as a professor teaching courses in alternative dispute resolution, conflict prevention, mediation, ethics, and communication. She is also an associate certified credential coach through the International Coaching Federation. Uh, born in San Diego, uh, raised in Tijuana, Mexico. Um, she is fluent in both Spanish and English. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to A New Direction. And welcome for the first time. Yvette Durazo, welcome to A New Direction. Thank you so much for inviting me over and talking about those four wheels that you're talking about. Think about this, and, and this this is what I would like your your audience to to ponder upon. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much 80% of our waking hours mm. we spend at work. Mm. And although that nowadays people are working online, you're still spending that amount of hours of your of your life mm. at work, mm. right? Right. Yeah. People would people would say that the conflict. Do you think that conflict went down or went up? when the pandemic happened. And actually I got mostly busy because uh, guess what? The organization started realizing that if they didn't hold and they didn't support the humanity of, of, of the people that they have working for them, they wouldn't be able to sustain. They wouldn't be able to sustain the change, mm -hmm. the everything that was happening, uh, you know, through people having to go back home, having to work, having to deal with children, having to deal with parents, illness, uh, losing people because, they, you know, because of the pandemic, they had to realize that. Mm. At the beginning, when I started uh, developing my consulting work, I was having difficulty just like in anybody else in this type of field of work because somehow business were thinking that, you know, conflict resolution was just a soft skill that it was not something necessary or something of importance. Mm. Now we're starting to see that 
building those people skills, it is vital, vital to the organization. Mm. And I'm so happy to see that change because I was born and raised by my father, who was a businessman who happened to be orphaned and had no formal education. And I live firsthand how is it that he would take care of his employees and therefore the employees will be loyal, loyal till he's passing, till he's, he passed away. Mm, sorry. So um, I'm so happy to see that now organizations are being more opened to the idea that in reality, conflict cannot be hidden, cannot be put under the rock, just like you say, Jay. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about something that you wrote about that Robert Keegan um, said that leadership is a spiritual entity. And I don't think we think about leadership as a spiritual entity. Help us understand that a little bit more clearly about when we talk about leadership and and maybe even conflict uh, IQ, why it's a spiritual entity. Well, it is a spiritual entity because the truth of the matter, and you know probably so, so sociology, right? Actually, like, my field, uh, the three feet that my field stands on is anthropology, sociology, and psychology. Right. So, as you know, in society, everybody influences everybody. And, and, and because we have that ability to be influenced by others is because we have that spiritual piece of us. Mm. that we can have our senses being influenced by the environment that mm. surrounds us, right? Mm. Um, and I and I talk in my book about, you know, these three areas of how people is, are influenced and why is it that uh, just having certain skills and techniques to resolve conflict, you know, sometimes the, the organizations call me and it's like, I want one hour of training. That's it. One hour of conflict resolution training. But they don't realize that, you know, conflict itself, it's it's complex. But at the same time, when you build people to become conflict intelligence, then they're going to be able to be resilient and receptive to deal with anything that comes their way mm-hmm. and, and not be fearful. Right. And, and that is where we have to fortify the individual, not only by understanding the humanity part, the spiritual part, and yet skill them and then help them to transform behavior if need to, depending on their levels of skills that they that they gain and how fast do they gain that. You, you, you talk about this, that there are three ways of achieving self-mastery in the spiritual realm. You talk about three, the purgative way, the illuminative way, and the unitive way. Can you help us understand those three um, and, and, and how that fits into how we deal with conflict? Well, it, it is a, a, a certain levels of consciousness that people um, reside on. You know, there's, just like the pyramid of Maslow that a lot of people are aware of, you know, then when they're, you know, when they have the, the main things that they have in life and then they go up and then they self-actualize and they, they become philanthropists and help others and all that. The same thing happens with these three levels of consciousness. It's it's a level in where, you know, the first level is when people are fending for their own life. That's, that's the, per- the reality. That's the, that's the purgative the way, way. That they see. Yeah. Okay. That's the reality. That's what. The, that's the, how they see life. 
And if you're having leaders with that level of consciousness at work, they're going to perhaps, they're, unfortunately, those are the top perform the top performers because they're the ones that are making you the money. But yet, organizations don't realize that those are the same individuals that are leaking the bottom line because mm. a lot of people leave their jobs. They don't want to work with people like that. And, and, and people calling sick, ins medical insurance goes up, all of these little things that people, the leaders don't realize, right? Mm. So if you have leaders that are functioning under that perception and that, that ways of being, it's not going to be inducive to anything better, right? Okay. Then you have the following level, you know, of consciousness. The illuminated that it's the, the illuminated. They're barely starting to wake up, but yet they're still thinking more about themselves than the others. Mm. You know, they're still coming from that standpoint of, you know, I'm here in life and I'm here to take the most out of life because I only have one life and I want to take the most out of life without even thinking, you know, that perhaps they want to leave a legacy. Perhaps, mm. you know, there's an afterlife, you know, perhaps, you know, there's something more than just me, 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 me. Right? <laughs> and then the unitive way, that's why I call my organization the unitive way is because I, with the work that I do, I support and help people to glimpse into that area of being in where, in where possibilities exist, in where people are not in it for themselves, but in it to see what the, how they can help others, mm. you know? And that is the state of being in where, in where you're mentally healthy, you know? Even, even, even when, when they have talked about how to heal depression without medication, what is it that they tell you to do? Go out there and help humanity. Mm. Go out there and volunteer mm. so that you can get out of yourself in order to be able to, to help others. And that itself will heal you. Mm. Coming back again to the piece of the spirituality that we hold true to ourselves because we are, you know, a spirit in a body. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's beautiful. In chapter two, which is entitled The Leaky bottom line in organizations, you talk about two types of human conflict, emotional conflict and cognitive conflict. And I found this really interesting because I think most of us think of conflict as emotional and not mm -hmm. cognitive, but there actually one of those can be really beneficial. So help us understand emotional versus cognitive conflict and how one can actually be beneficial maybe more than the other. Yeah. Well, the emotional conflict is it's the one that people don't want to deal with. That's why people <laughs> are afraid of conflict. They're afraid of having those difficult conversations. Right. I spend day, you know, all day coaching people of how to go about having those difficult conversations and talking to people, performance evaluation, because they're afraid not only of their emotions, but also the emotions that they might elicit with that conversation right. with others. Right. And that's why people are so afraid, you know, and I always compare it as everybody's afraid of, of public speaking and also afraid of conflict. Mm. You know, I always equate that, that everybody's afraid of public speaking, also conflict. So my book, it's all about inspiring people to realize that there's ways around of how to deal with, with these difficult situations mm. and, and, and that in, inspire them to see that, those are the type of leaders that we want to follow. So become mm. one of them, mm. right? Become one of those leaders that don't 
shy away from 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 uh, conflict and run away. So talking about the, the two distinctions of emotional conflict and cognitive conflict, the emotional one, you could say that is the two levels of those three that we were talking about, you know, and where people are emotional, they want to, they are very reactive that, you know, they want to get even uh, there. It's everything about life happens to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. that, uh, that right. mentality, everything happens to them, the victim mentality versus the other one is that, you know what? Humans are humans. And let's disassociate and not attack people, but rather focus on the issue so that we collectively can come up with better ideas of how we can deal with this situation mm-hmm. instead of blaming others. At the moment that you blame others and, 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 and within that emotion, push others into, again, we influence others. We have these uh, mirror neurons that we influence others, and then the other person goes into a state of closeness, you know, fearfulness, defensiveness. You're not going to get the most out of human beings. Mm. Why is cognitive conflict the type of conflict we should be embracing? Because it is the one that allows people to come up with solutions, to, create, to, to allow them to be in a space of creativity instead of fear. You know, when people go into fear, they go into fear, flight, fight, mm-hmm. you know, and flee, right? We want individuals to be in a space in where they're willing to create some solution to problems. Mm. Instead of blaming people, let's come out with situations. And that's the type of conflict that, that companies should be embracing. But yet, if you have leaders that don't understand how to go about it, they're not going to get to that level. Okay, so what are some of the effects of unresolved conflict in a workplace? Well, there's many. It's all the way to people, you know, you have probably heard about those silent quitters. Mm -hmm. A bunch of those. I was one of those myself. That's (laughs) why I know. And I know how it feels. And I know exactly how I would go around the clock just to make it through, just to get that paycheck. Because... I was a single mom. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of my work and I had to, you know, and I was in, I remember being in also in a recessional period where there was not a lot of jobs. So I was a silent quitter. You know, I would spend most of my time dealing with my own emotions, feeling, feeling, you know, sad because I wasn't being treated well by my, my supervisors and, and trying to find jobs. And then just try to figure it out in a couple of hours how to make sure that people think that I was doing my work and I would just do my work however I could. And then the next day, it would be the same thing. Mm-hmm. So the, the, com- the companies are not getting the most out of their, their staff if, if people are dealing with conflict. You know, you know, and obviously the emotional conflict. People don't sleep. You know, they, they don't want to deal with it. They, they don't sleep. They, their, their energy goes elsewhere because they just don't want to deal with the situation. Mm, that's so true. Her name is Yvette uh, Durazo. Uh, the book Conflict Intelligence, Quotient uh, Conflict IQ. It's, it's being trademarked. Uh, the Missing Piece to Turbocharge Conscious Leaders and Organizations uh, Emotional Intelligence. It's absolutely outstanding. We're just getting started. You listening to her here on A New Direction.
Hey, folks, Epic Physical Therapy, my physical therapist. I think they should be yours, too, by the way. Listen, whether you're recovering from an injury, surgery, suffering everyday aches and pains, maybe you're a professional athlete who just wants to improve how you feel and move. The elite team at Epic PT will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored for your individual needs. So when you're ready for your Epic relief, your Epic recovery, your Epic results, don't look any further. Go to EpicPT.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors, for more than 38 years, they've been helping people transition in life. And I said, you say, well, I thought you said they were real estate people. They are. But think about it. Every place you've ever lived has been a transition in life. It really has. And you know what? They help take the conflict, see what I did there, and the stress out of that transition because they've helped thousands of people successfully do it for more than 38 years. So when you're ready to make your next transition in life, whether it's selling your home, buying a home, start with Linda Craft Team Realtors. That's lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction uh, with Yvette DeRazzo, her book, Conflict Intelligent Quotient, Conflict IQ, uh, the missing piece to turbocharge conscious leaders and organizations' emotional intelligence. Um, it, it, you're so good. By the way, I just wanted to tell you, okay. you are really, really good. I just, uh, I, I think I could just sit at your feet and listen to you all day. I, I understand why your students probably just love you uh, in your classes. I can, I can, I can absolutely see it because you're really, really, really great. One of the things that you talk about is that there is a lack of conf- conflict resolution in the workplace today. And you talk about that students do not learn soft skills in schools. And I and I am 100% in agreement with this. Can we just talk about those two things, about the lack of conflict resolution in the workplace? What is it that we're doing? Why are we not teaching it? Why are, why are we not training leaders in it? And, and what are we doing instead? Well, I think that ha- what has happened is that, you know, well-meaning, consultant organizations have developed these, you know, surveys or these, these research studies. Mm-hmm. And for many, many years, companies all over were, were bought into the idea that performance was the most important thing in any organization. So anything else that would not uh, bring anything with regards to performance in an organization, they will discard it, right? Mm-hmm. It comes to a point that eventually they did a, another study with regards to that mentality of, of allowing just performance to be the main thing, not only organizations, but also in universities, also everywhere. It, it was everything around performance, right? Mm-hmm. And what they found is that people would lie, lie to, their, to their detriment in order to prove that they were performing. And they found it in athletes, they found it in the corporation, they found it everywhere in the universities. Mm. And obviously that, that eventually can affect people, as you know, mm. right? right yeah. And people can commit suicide because if they're not performing at their best and then society and everywhere around that they look, it's all about performance, you know, then that individual is is, is like, I don't have a place. You know, I don't want to be living in a society where where if I'm not functioning at that level of performance, then I don't have a space, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in all, all of that created that type of mentality everywhere. So guess what? Soft skills were, were pushed out of the context. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Soft skills were not important. Emotions in the play in the workplace were not welcome, right. as you can remember. Right, right. You right. know, and, and things obviously have changed now. You know, Brene Brown was one of those icon, mm -hmm. you know, professionals that came in and talked about empathy and and, yes. and vulnerability, and then they were calling her into the companies in order to talk about these things, right? Because yes. we cannot we cannot compartment humans. We just can't. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, and 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 you're so right because you know I taught I taught in college, you know I taught psychology in college because that's my you know where I did my graduate work, and you know I even think in psychology we don't teach it, you know we teach no. you theory, we teach you a lot of things, but we do not teach you the importance of having what they call soft skills, which are not so soft, by the way. Yeah, no. <laughs> they're they're not so soft. And they're, but yet they are critical to success. Critical and essential. Yeah. Right. To, to any success that you're going to have, you have to yeah, have. Yeah. And go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, you said it right. You know, if we were to have therapists, the therapists be trained as mediators, be trained in conflict mm -hmm. resolutions, we probably would have more success than on, on couples therapy. <laughs> you're right i'm serious no i know because, you are you but know. i mean it's 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 funny because i just never thought about it that way but you're right yeah, yeah no and, and and i saw that from the beginning the ones that therapists that are very successful is because you dig in into their bios you dig in mm. and they understand about human conflict mm. you know you talk about hr all of the high leaders in organizations they think that their hr people are the to go to to resolve the human conflict. Right. I I went and study a whole. I went in and study a whole certificate in, in in HR, and what I found that in those nine months of my certificate program, only thirty minutes, thirty mm. minutes of conflict resolution into the entire program, mm. and and that's why I went and knocked at the door of my instructors and say, you know what, we need to change these. We HR needs to evolve, and especially nowadays that we have to deal with anything in the in the human aspect of people. That's why HR, with the pandemic, became very burned out because mm -hmm. they were so ingrained on policy and procedures that what was happening was out of their policies and procedures. Mm. Now they had to deal with an employee that all of a sudden had to go back home, take care of the children, don't have childcare, take care of their parents, you know, mental health illness, you know, seclusion, health, you know, you name it. The HR didn't have them the the bandwidth and the skill sets in order to deal with that and how to talk to people, how to negotiate situations like that in order for that employee to come in halfway and, and be able to 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 continue to to develop and, and work in the in the organization so that's another one that I would like that I'm changing I already created courses for UC Santa Cruz to to teach HR conflict resolution um, and you know in schools not not only have I dealt not only in my aware of all of these conflict resolution things because I went and got a master's degree. I went through my whole, mm. my own deal of bullying, mm. uh, clicks, microaggressions, all of that, you name it. I went through it. And then we're talking about school. I also had my daughter going through bullying and she very smart, very pretty and being bullied 
by other students and the school just shoving it off the school, you know, shoving it off to the point that I had to go to the court to to do a restraining order because the school wouldn't do anything about mm. it. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to deal with it because, it, you know, organizations see things through the eyes of the legal counsel. Legal counsels are at the same level as the executive. They have the same level, you know, in the hierarchy of an organization, legal counsel. So what does legal counsel look through? Risk. Everything is risk. Mm. Don't talk to this person. Don't talk to the other person because there's risk. When in reality, humanity needs to be able to talk through. They need to be listened to in order to be able to organically resolve issues. It, and Yes. Yeah. yeah well, you, and, and not only that, the HR departments in companies operate from a punishment model. Yeah, all they, of them. They, we they, have right. these resolution systems that all of them are very punitive. Right. Labor union, employer relations, labor relations, HR, whistleblower. Right. What right. else? You know, those are the type of dispute systems the signs that they have there. And what I would like organizations to open up is to just like just like HR has evolved by bringing chief people's officers to also have civility, you know, civility chief chief civility officers. Mm. Mm. You know, and just like they open up to have diversity, equity, inclusion people with titles, mm -hmm. we ha we need to have people that deal with these type of issues in organizations, mm. so that so that those can be transformed and they can be used for the betterment of the overall overall culture of the organization. And when you attend to the human side of people, people will feel that they belong in organizations. People will feel loyal to the organization because mm -hmm. they were dealing with all these humanistical parts of it. Therefore, the, the organization will benefit because people will be loyal. It's mm, beautiful. In, in, in chapter six, uh, which is entitled Conflict Intelligence Methods, you start to open up as part of conflict IQ, the idea of self-awareness. And I've done, a, 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 I've had a lot of guests on this show. Matter of fact, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, Mr. Razo is the 260th show. This is the, so this is five years of reading books and every week on the show. She's, so she is the 260th book that we have done on this show. Um, they're very honored. Yeah, well, so so thank you for this anniversary. This is the fifth year anniversary, so you are it on the fifth year anniversary of the show. Um, but I've read and had a lot of authors on the show, and they've talked about work from Tasha Yurich, who did a, a, a great deal of research on self-awareness. And 90% of the people think that they're self-aware. Mm -hmm. But when she did the research, she found that at best, only about 15% of people are really self-aware. 85% on their best day are, are not. So, and you make it a very, you, you hit this hard number of times in this book about self-awareness. Help us understand how self-awareness is such a key to conflict and emotional quotient. Well, I think that it is part of obviously the core of, of, of the self-awareness, <laughs> you know, in the self-awareness, we're just not talking about you know, like, for example, implicit bias, okay, I, I, I see that I 
how to implicit bias. We're talking about self-awareness as to the core of your of your of your of you becoming into this in, into this life. What are the points of view? What are the the the, the what are the points of view? What are what are the beliefs, values that you adopted from the beginning of you being in this world? Mm. What is it that influenced you to have those points of views? Mm. And and there's a lot of it of that, right? Because you know, well, that's a deeper level. That's a deep level of self awareness. Exactly. And and when we go there, you can empower more people to become and clear those things up to become people that can adopt the the conflict intelligence right mm. uh, you know emotional intelligence it's it's a, a very important skill but i have worked with people that i have tested in their emotional intelligence and they're pretty much up there very good emotional intelligence but yet they're still fearing conflict they still don't know how to talk to people they're still not leaning in into the conflict so that's how I came about developing this methodology as to how is it that I can help individuals so that they can become, they can, you know, augment their emotional intelligence and become conflict intelligence to become those leaders that, you know, we want to follow, that we get inspired because they don't run from conflict. Mm -hmm. They embrace it because they have dealt with their own stuff within themselves. Not only that. They also deal with skilling their brain, and they also deal with behavioral modification if need to. You say that self-awareness is also essential when it comes to identifying your conflict style. So now this opens up the door of, you know, are, how aware of you of what your conflict style is? It, it, People it, don't ask that. You know, I, I ask yeah. all my students or whenever I'm giving trainings, have you ever thought about how is it that you deal with conflict? Most of the people would say, well, I'm an avoider, but then sometimes I do this and sometimes I do that. Mm -hmm. But most likely than not, people are avoid, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then you ask other people, they're not going to tell you that they're very competitive. They, they, they will bend you until they win. Mm -hmm. They're going to look bad, right? Mm -hmm. But those people are not going to be open, right? To say, mm -hmm. yes, that's, that's the way that I deal with conflict. But it is important to understand how do you deal with conflict, but yet it's very important also to understand that there are other ways to deal with it. And when you expand that view of how to deal with conflict, then you just don't have your default to go to, but you have, the, you have a variety of ways of how to deal with it. And that's where creativity comes from. But, if, but you cannot, I don't feel that you cannot skill people enough if you don't deal with you know um uh, you know um i'm learning all of those points of views that some some long time ago you adopted and those point of views came from well-meaning people like where your parents people that were around you that might have behaved in a certain way when they were dealing with conflict and then you thought well that's the way to go about doing it you know, I don't know if you have ever heard this, I'm pretty sure you have, that when there's conflict in the workplace or in organizations or in nonprofit organizations, they're saying, you know, they're 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 like middle kids, the middle middle high school kids, or they're like, you know, elementary kids. Why? Because you can go all the way to a PhD and, and if you have not dealt with these learnings, you're gonna bring that outdated 
skill mm. to how to deal with your conflict in the workplace because you don't know any better. Right, right. And so it's a schoolyard again. You're dealing it's with a like yeah, again. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the things you talk about here too that I, by the way, I use this uh, with one of my clients, um, my coaching clients. Um, you talk about emotional triggers, and this is this is so important, and I'm so glad that you touched on it because uh, you you talk about self awareness, and I I did this with a client. I asked the client, "How self aware of you are you of your triggers?" And because we are so, I mean, we just let triggers happen, but you have a response mm-hmm. that says, "Hold on here." Just be, if you know your triggers, then if you know that that's what triggers you, then you can control your response to the trigger. Talk about that a little bit more. Well, there's some people that are not even aware of their triggers. You know, they're just not aware. Mm-hmm. They're not aware that sometimes there's a certain behavior that a person did at work mm-hmm. that they just didn't like, and they go layer it and layer and layer it until things go off and then people start screaming to each other or they just don't, they verbally tell people, I just don't like you. And they, and, and, and they do other behaviors to block them because they just don't like working with that person. Mm. And it could be because there was a trigger. There was something that that person did or say or acted upon that signifies something to you and you're just not even aware. Mm. And when you become aware of that, then you have the uh, possibilities and the abilities to transform that and say, I'm not going to allow that to trigger me Mm. because if I allow that, I'm missing the opportunity to really get to know this person. Mm. The conflict, you know, with people in the workplace does not start when people are screaming to each other. It started from a long time ago. It could have started from the first day that person walked into the door and you just didn't like something about that person. Mm. Mm. Just because it could have remind you of somebody that you didn't like when you were a child or, right. you know, or, or some, something that that person did in a behavior or something that they say. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it clashes with your beliefs and values. And that from that day on, you start not liking that person. You start not liking that person. Until until you're changing your 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 point of view and that lens to open up that opportunity so that you can get to learn about more about that person and then you know you be able to see that it, that person is just not that point of view where you're seeing it through. Mm. And and you know I think what we what we neglect to think about is that I may not be able to control what the other person does but I can control how I respond. Also, yeah. And that is, it is, that is conflict management. You know, I always tell my students when they come into the class or when I'm giving a training and I'm saying, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to be teaching you here that all conflict can be resolved, mm. but it can be managed. Mm. And, and teaching you ways of how to manage the conflict, you become stronger, you become better at dealing with things and then you're not fearing the conflict as much, right? Mm. Because then you can, you understand and you can figure out ways of how to not be responsive to the, the situations or things happening outside of you. You have choice. You have the ability to stop yourself, analyze the situation and figuring, figure your, yourself out, right? Yes. Is it coming from a, a standpoint of 
some awareness as that or some belief or some triggers that I haven't dealt with, most likely than that, yes. Mm, right? That, yes. And and beautifully said. I am with Yvette Durazo. She is phenomenal. <laughs> she really Thank is. So the book is called Conflict Intelligence Quotient Conflict IQ. The missing piece of to turbocharge conscious leaders and organizations, emotional intelligence. It's outstanding. Get yourself a copy. You, you really should. It's it's really great. You're listening to her here on A New Direction. Hey, folks. Uh, Epic Physical Therapy Facility offers the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment, including the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill, the Normatec compression sleeves, game-ready. That's just a few. Listen, they're trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting-edge treatments available, including blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping, and that's just a few. So listen, when you're ready for your epic relief, your epic recovery, your epic results, no matter who you are, from professional athlete to just people like you and me, you know what? You just go to epicpt.com and they can help you. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors, more than 38 years, helping people all over the world. They are independently owned and operated, unaffiliated with any, any national company. They can help you find the best professional in your area, right? I mean, listen, you know, a lot of times people will have people in their own company that they recommend or refer to you. Not Linda Craft Team. They will find the absolute best person to help you sell or buy your home and make that life transition wherever you live because they have created relationships with every company where the best person is. So when you're ready to sell and buy your home, no matter where you live, start with Linda Craft Team Realtors. That's lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here with my friend. I'm going to call her friend, uh, Yvette Durazo. Uh, An honor. Uh, <laughs> conflict intelligent quotient, uh, the missing piece to turbocharge connection, conscious leaders and organizations, emotional intelligence. It's a fabulous book, uh, fabulous read. I've read it twice. Um, it's just uh, an outstanding, it's an outstanding read and really enlightened me to really think myself. In, in chapter seven, uh, which is entitled Know Thyself, The Skills and Behavior of Great Conflict Managers, um, you, you talk about the skills of a great conflict manager. Help us understand some of those skills that a great conflict manager has. Yeah, well, basically, we're, we're going to start with the basic, you know, listening skills, you know, mm -hmm. the deep lead listening skills, not the ones that we just typically do in our day to day. You know, we have to listen with our entire body, right? Mm -hmm. We have to listen with you know, even the way, that, you know, like they said, communication skills is not only what you say. It's 7% what you actually say. The rest is 35 tonality and then 50 something is body language, right? Mm. So when you listen to someone, you know, it's how do you listen? And in, in, in the way that you listen to somebody, it can give you a lot of information about the person, how to deal with the situation. Um, and be able to come up with solutions because, you know, you're, you're listening from a deeper standpoint. You're listening to people's values and beliefs. And from that, be able to, to see how is it that they're, they're interpreting life, mm. right? And perhaps being able to work with that individual to be able to expand the, the vision or the way that they're interpreting things. Right. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of mis miscommunication, misconception is it comes from within us. 
because of the way that we react, the way that we interpret things, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, then, and if we can help other people as leaders to be able to recognize that and bring them into a space of self-determination so that they can also become involved in their own resolution mm. of the situation. That is huge. Yeah. That's why, you know, learning how to listen, it's so important, right? Two ears, one mouth. <laughs> um, you know, and I and I go about addressing a whole bunch of other 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 skills. Well, you, know, you about, talk about uh, well, one of the ones that I was really interested in uh, was conflict stress. I don't I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about conflict stress, but that's a skill that they got to have. Just talk about conflict stress and why you have to be. Uh, that's a, a that's a skill that you must have as a conflict manager. Yeah, you have to really catch yourself. When you, whenever you're falling into that levels of consciousness and where you're becoming defensive, mm. because at the moment that you go into that space of defensiveness, you become scared, you be, you close down you as an individual. Mm. So if you become aware of that and you catch yourself and you say, I'm going into that space, therefore everything in my body, all the way to my cellular level is going to close down. I'm not going to be good for myself and I'm not going to be good for others. I, I, I prefer to step out of my way, go and take a walk, go in, into nature, go in and, 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 and open up myself again in order to come back to the situation, in order to be able to elicit in others the ability to become creative in resolving issues. Mm. When you're not there, you're not going to be able to take other people into that path. Mm. You talk about another skill. Uh, is humor, but you have to be careful with it. Yes. So talk you about how humor, yeah, talk to us about how humor can work, but where the danger lies. Well, you know, humor can work very well in, in, in when you're dealing with, with, uh, you know, situations, uh, that are conflicting, but you have to also be very careful, mm -hmm. especially nowadays that we have all these, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion talks that are happening in organizations. We have to, have somebody that is very well trained in order to facilitate this type of work, right? Right. Because if if you don't know how to say certain things and offend people, it's gonna backfire pretty bad. <laughs> to the point that you can end up in a situation where they they're gonna go in and file a formal complaint about about you if if they think that you're racist or you're offensive mm. or or anything like that. So being able to use humor that is very light and, and goes hand in hand with perhaps you deep listening and understanding people's values and beliefs, then you can use a little bit of humor, right? Mm -hmm. And also be able to use your body language to also inform people that you're coming from a space of, you know, of being innocent. Mm -hmm. Not that you're, that, because remember, one 7% is just what you say, your tonality and body language. Mm -hmm. If you're if you say something but your tonality and body language shows up in ways that you're saying it in in, in ways to offend others, people are gonna smell that. <laughs> Why? Because we're spirit, you know, we're right, we're right, spirit right. inside our body. We feel people. You know, they have been done a lot of tests. Of, of people being, you know, you can put somebody inside a room and somebody outside of a, of a room and people can even feel what's going on with your mind and what are you right. thinking of. Right. We have gone through that extent, 
You know, that's, that's what they said, that they're teaching us how to do that with our cell phone, that it's going to come to a point that, you know, they're going to remove that little thing from us and we're going to be able to, to telepathy, you know, to telepathy, right. think, you know, be able to be connected with other people. We have that within ourselves. We have to make, we have to make sure that we address that. Right. right? So be able to connect body and, and tone of voice and what you're saying through through how you're going to use humor can work very well because then you allow people to go into a state of that creativity and be able to invite them to come in and and, and take that as, as a humor right mm -hmm. but it all depends on, on what you're dealing with you know what is the conflict what is the situation you, you there's two things that you talk about in in the later chapters one is being patient and laying aside every weight and I, I found these two to be really really powerful things because you said patience if we could all have this virtue there would be a lot more peace in the world um, in retooling the brain brain patience is required talk about patience for just a second well, I'll give you an example of mine you know I, I was born and raised with a family of seven children and I was the youngest of all seven. And, and I, was, I was that child that my mom was not expecting because she thought that she was in, in menopause. <laughs> so when I came into this world, I had to deal with a lot of conflict and negotiate and, 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 and mediate stuff because, you know, my siblings thought, the, the younger ones thought that I was coming to displace them, right? Ah, right, right. So... And to this hour of the day, they still are dealing with that, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and, um, and, and, and having gone myself through that experience, I, I had to learn how to defend myself. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn, you know, how to fight and defend myself. And then I grew up, as I grew up, I realized that that was not the way to deal with that. That's why... Um, you know, I went through everything I'm talking about. I went through it on my on my own self. I, I went through myself and start learning about myself, learning about, you know, everything that had to do within myself, because, you know, if I didn't deal with everything that I was, you know, I'm learning all the stuff that I learned when I was a child, how to deal with conflict and all of that. I wasn't going to be able to be, you know, a, a, a specialist, a good expert in this field and and that's what i was i most desired why because i want to create an impact i i want to leave a legacy i want to be able to if i exit out of this world to know that i at least gave something into humanity in order to be able to to navigate life right and if i can do that and i can impact one person you know that the book it cost me a lot of work I didn't hire ghostwriters. You know, I you can feel the book because I I wrote I it, right? Yes. Um, and it cost me to become burned out because I was doing it some intended while I was working on all of that. But if I and I told myself every single day that I was dealing with all these conflicted, I have too much to to work. But I that I would say that if I only can impact one person and I can only change one person's life, this book is worth it. This work is worth it in this life. So that's what kept me me going and writing the book. And on top of that, I'm dyslexic, right? So you know, I'm dyslexic. I, you know, I'm one of those kids that you that would say, you know, learning processing disorder, dyslexic, and all of that. And I was able to make it through, right? Yeah. So um, 
you know, if you don't deal with your own stuff, you're not going to be able to become that. You're not going to be able to learn how to be patient. Um, I was, you know, you can even test me. I was an extremely extrovert when I was very young. I couldn't stay still. I was coordinating events. That's what I love to do. You know, I was coordinating the city events, you know, huge events with a tons of people, coordinating every detail that you can think of because I had that level of energy. And I went through my own personal health issues. I went through my own personal awakening, if you want to call it that way. And, and I became a hybrid. Mm. And, and, and that was because there was a time in my life that I was so inspired from these work of these field that I said, I want to become somebody that could help people deal with these type of situations. And because I, I, I was so inspired, life threw me experiences that led me to become a person that I can sit here and be able to mediate in between people and be patient and be able to work with people and deal with, with their situations. So, um, you know, I went through my, my whole process of, 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 of becoming you know, conflict intelligence, if you may, but I'm not going to lie to you. You know, sometimes I, there are little things that are still trigger me. Otherwise, I wouldn't <laughs> be human. <laughs> there are things out there, you know, especially yes. when you ask me to call AT&T. <laughs> they could do for all these loops. <laughs> you know, you, you can see, you can see that in there is like, where's the conflict intelligence event? Yeah. Um, when so, they put me through through calling AT and T for my cell phone and everything, you know, I lose it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, we've yeah. done we've done an hour. It's gone by oh, really wow. really fast. Um, tell people how they can get a hold of you. Well, uh, you know, thanks thanks to you to to invitations of people like you that are doing you know these podcasts in order to create impact. You know, they can Google me and through Yvette Durazo and they can find a whole bunch of YouTube videos in there. They can also look me up under my name, Yvette Durazo, and, and I have my website. Uh, my company is called Unitive Consulting, uh, or they can Google Conflict Intelligence and it would lead you to, to my book and then to my website and they can find me that way. And uh, every, twice a month, I give 45 minutes uh, I do micro learnings and I also coach people, you know, in person, you know, not in person, but alive. Uh, I do that every other, other Monday. So people are welcome to go to my webpage and find that link in order to uh, come in and, and join me so that I can, you know, continue to, you know, bring this awareness and these skill sets into, into everybody. That's beautiful. Uh, her name is Yvette Durazo. The book, Conflict Intelligence Quotient, uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, stay with me, Yvette. Uh, folks, that's the show. You know what I say to you every week? You're in control of three things, no matter what happens in your life. Your attitude, your effort, and your resiliency. You're always in control of those things. I know that life can be rough, and I know it can be tough, but it's your attitude. It's your effort, and it's getting back up again. You can do it. I'll be back with next week with another great guest. It's going to be another great book, which means it's going to be another great show. As I say to you all over the world, you had a lot of choices, but you chose us. Thank you so much. Give us a positive review. Tell your friends. As I say to you all over, ciao. You can find the strength to go a different way. Yeah. The time has come. Your dreams will take you places you have never